Alrighty, hello everyone, and welcome back to the Reformed Dissenters, the show where Reformed Christians dissent against popular ideas of culture by asserting a biblical worldview. My name is Bruce Johnson. I am joined today, as always, by my brother Jacob Johnson. Hello, everybody. He is in Pennsylvania. I am in the wonderful state of South Dakota, and we are very excited to have you joining us today on this awesome, we hope, Wednesday. Uh, today is Literature Wednesday, so we got a ton to break down, ton of stuff to talk about. But always remember, we have a website, and you can go to that website and see all of our cool stuff on there for absolutely no cost at all to your person. Go to trdshow.net. That is our show's website. I always try to shake things up a little bit. It's just monotonous if I say the same thing every single episode. <laughs> yeah. trdshow.net is the show website. We are on a ton of platforms, including pro-First Amendment platforms that don't hate free speech. Uh, YouTube did this funny thing this morning. We got two emails consecutively. One said, okay, we're allowing one of your videos to go back up on the platform. So that was cool. I was like, oh, look at this. YouTube is taking a turn for the better, right? And then I started to feel bad about all the awful things I've been saying about it. My second email that I got from YouTube made me want to say even worse things about them. They took, <laughs> I uh, put in a message to basically say, hey, um, this video should be live on your platform. There's no reason you should take it down. You're just communists, basically, which is what I did with the other video. They read my message and said, oh, yeah, you're right here. We'll put it back up. But this other video, they've taken down three of them. So I do this for every single video they take down. I, I repeal it. I say, well, can't repeal it myself. But I always put in a, you know, a message, and I'm like, hey, let's let's talk about this. Like, let me give you some reasoning here. Um, and so I put in a message. And so the other video, they were like, yeah, no, it's it's still it's misinformation. So sorry, you can't talk anything bad about the elections. Only we can do that. Um, and so we're just we're not gonna put your video back up. So. Now it's permanently deleted. So that's wonderful. Oh, so anyways, don't yeah. follow us on YouTube. What's that? Yeah. No, I yeah. just, yeah. <laughs> just, just, yeah. yeah, just, it's YouTube. Um, to be expected. So wait, to be how expected. many now do we have taken down? In total? Uh, two. Two videos. Two now. Two videos that will never be posted, never be visible on YouTube. So. Yeah, so it, they they said it to another one. They said they would never be putting this one back up again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, okay. yep. So two videos you cannot access on YouTube, but you can access them on places like Rumble, Gab TV, Gab. We're on all sorts of pro First Amendment platforms that don't hate free speech. Follow us there, please. We beg of you, if you actually want to get our content censor free, go to those platforms that are not communist. Uh, send us an email at trdshow at protonmail.com, trdshow, that's the Reform Dissenters, trdshow.net, I'm sorry, that's the website, trdshow at protonmail.com, send us an email, we would really love to hear from you, and you really should sign up for our newsletter, trdshow.net slash newsletter, our mom does a fantastic job putting that together, three times a week, great content, great quotes from, from really cool people, um, you do not want to miss that letter de newsletter. Definitely sign up for that. I'm stumbling over my words today, so that's a thing. Um, okay, so today, like I already stated, is Literature Wednesday. And today we're going through uh, chapter two in the book we've been doing all month, uh, which is Christian Nationalism by Andrew Torba. And that book is on my shelf. It's also on Jacob's shelf, so you'll see that when he... Yeah, there it is. He's got it right there. Um, so 
we do have different editions. So when we list the page numbers, they might be slightly different from what you're seeing. Um, I think I have the older book. Jacob has a newer one. Or, so, Or they'll be the same because I do have an edition of the older one that I've been Oh, good. Using, okay. So. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. So at least if we'll be in sync. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I do this well, I, I make sure that I go from that edition so we're both on the same page. Literally and figuratively. Literally. Love it. <laughs> All right. Um, you know, this new technology that we're using, this new platform we're trying to start out with this week has has a lot of cool media stuff built into it, including a drum roll or a, you know, dad joke, whatever that's called, rim shot. I just I don't know how to use it quite yet inside the live feature set thing. So for now, we'll just use our mouths for sound effects. How's that? <laughs> or, or Bruce will use his mouth for sound effects. <laughs> You're just like, I'm not stooping to that level. There's no way I'm doing that. <laughs> um, so before we get into all of that, talking about Christian nationalism, talking about accurately defining Christian nationalism, um, I have a few things I want to talk about from chapter one. Um, modern evangelifish, as Doug Wilson likes to call them, have given us so many problems. And Andrew Torbett does a great job of addressing those problems and bringing them out. So I want to talk about that. Uh, historic Christian nationalism. And then finally, I want to end with don't lose heart, a section on um, not losing heart and, and standing strong and remembering the God that we serve. Before we get into all that, though, we have to talk about our verse of the week, and it actually plays really well into the last thing I want to talk about, don't lose heart. And uh, to talk about that, I'm going to pass it on over to Jake. All righty, and our verse this week is found in Luke 6, verses 22 through 23, and it says, Blessed are you when people hate you, and when they exclude you and revile you and spurn your name as evil on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day, and leap for joy, for behold, your reward is great in heaven, for so their fathers did to the prophets. And hmm. in talking about this, what came to mind was another passage found in Matthew nine, nineteen through 21, which says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor, nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. <clears throat> and the reason I bring this up is because with this verse in Matthew, you kind of have this question of, well, how do you lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven? Um... And really, this verse is answering that. This verse is saying, you lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven be, um, by following God's law, even when others revile you or when others persecute you. And I think that's vitally important that we understand that. Of course, we first have to understand what God's law has to say about our life, which, again, to what Bruce and I have been saying a lot, is the pastors need to be preaching on this. We need to actually hear what the the law of God says on all areas of our life. Um, but another aspect of this, going going down into the next the next sentence, saying "Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, for behold, your reward is great in heaven." Um, going off off of that, we are not to be persecuted in silence, 
but rejoice mm. and shout from the rooftops that we are happy that others hate us because of the one whom we follow. Hmm. Um, that we are joyful. God says that we must rejoice. And I, as I'm bringing up on Friday, that this is really the answer that the people in Moscow had after all of the, as we were doing in our interviews at the event, we were asking about what they thought of the conflict in, in Moscow, Idaho. And really, they were saying that their response, that the, the responses from the churches in that area was, were really good in that they, they feasted, they, they laughed at, at this, and they rejoiced. They, they were happy. And this mm. sends not only a message to the rest of the Christians in that area saying, hey, don't be, don't be sad, don't be dismayed at this. Because the Bible says we will be persecuted, but that's the right track. That's what that's the track we should be on. Um, but also, it sends a message to the enemy saying, "Hey, you can't you can't <laughs> hurt us. You can't harm us." Yeah, yeah. What was that example that Toby Sumter brings up all the time? Is uh, the armies were battling, and uh, it was during Joshua's you know, Joshua's time and they literally set up a feast in front of the enemy and they're just there feasting saying, come at us, you know, like, <laughs> like yeah. it was, yeah. it was that level of confidence because they knew who was on their side. They knew they were fighting a battle that God told them to fight and God was on their side. And if God is for us, who can be against us? Yeah. Awesome. Well, great breakdown, Jake. Thanks so much for, for going into, into all of that. Um, so to kick things off, um, the chapter two, I'm going to, I'm going to pull a quote from chapter two before I recap some of the stuff I didn't get to last week that I wanted to talk about in chapter one, but my quote from chapter two is kind of, it, it goes hand in hand with the title and the chapter heading for uh, uh, chapter two, which I thought was a great heading. And basically it was to the effect, um, you know, of all true Christians are Christian nationalists. So if you're, if you're a Christian and you properly understand your Bible, you're a Christian nationalist in the actual definition of the term, which we're going to get into actually accurately defining Christian nationalism. We've done that a few times. I, I try to define it every week and redefine it so that anyone who's trolling our show, uh, you know, we can point them to literally all of these episodes and be like, hey, we defined it at the beginning of that episode. That's the definition we're using. So when we call ourselves a Christian nationalist, that's what we mean. Because um, you have to do that with these people because they're, they're that crazy. So page 38 and 39, Andrew Torba said, if you are a Christian, there is no way of getting around Jesus's great commission to the church. As he was about to ascend into heaven to rule this world in light of, uh, let's see. In light of that authority over heaven and earth, he commanded his apostles to baptize the nations and teach them to do as he commanded, end quote. So we are given this massive job to make disciples out of every nation, to make every nation a disciple of Christ, and then baptize them into the covenant, to bring them into the covenant. So they're a disciple, they're in the covenant, and 
it's supposed to be over the entire world. You know, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Christ is Lord. So that's what we're working for. And if you're a Christian and you truly understand the Bible that you claim to believe in, then you're a Christian nationalist too. So sorry, no, you don't get left out. You're you're lumped in with the rest of us. <laughs> yeah, welcome even, to the club. Even so, like we've like we've said a lot. Even the unbeliever is a Christian nationalist. Yeah, yeah. Because they want they, Christian nationalism, but they won't yeah. admit it. Yeah, yeah. They want murder to be wrong. They want stealing right. to be wrong. Yeah. Uh, so really, that is Christian nationalism, following yep. God's laws. Of not in murdering, all areas not of stealing, life. not lying. Yep. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah, great point. Yeah, I love I love it when you bring that up. That's really good. Uh, all right, so here's my obligatory. Let's set the record straight on Christian nationalism. Page. Uh, let's see. Oh, before I get to the quote, so Christian nationalism is the truth that Christ is King. In a nutshell, that's Christian nationalism. It's the truth that Christ is King that he has all authority in heaven and on earth, and that he's called us to make disciples of all nations by applying scripture to all levels of society. You're getting a, a very inclusive all here, like literally all levels of society, all of scripture, Christ is king over everything. And we need to make that very clear to the nations. And that's what Christian nationalism is. On page 39, Andrew Torba said, to be part of Christ's kingdom is to bring the kingdoms of this world into submission to Christ's kingship end quote. So hopefully we've kind of redefined Christian nationalism there and set that. And if you have questions, further questions about what we mean by that term, send us an email, trdshow at protonmail.com. We would love to chat with you about that. So I do want to pull in a few things from chapter one that I didn't get to last week because I just, I think they're really, really important. Um, and just in case you haven't bought a copy, you haven't purchased your copy of this book yet, which, come on, you're listening to this and you still haven't bought a copy of this okay pause it it's more important that you go buy a copy than you listen keep listening here like <laughs> pause the episode go get a copy of this support andrew torba and his platform and support this book it's a great book great content definitely get a copy i think you can go to gab.com and in the dissenter store they have uh i think you can buy it right from gab.com which is cool so um, quick word from chapter one about replacing the current secular institutions with Christian ones. On page 28, Andrew Torba said, if we are going to win, and we are going to win, we must work together towards the common goal of building parallel Christian systems that are beyond the influence and control of the existing demonic ones, end quote. So again, this is more of that optimistic view of the future, looking forward and not seeing pessimism, not seeing, oh my goodness, we're going to lose. This is the devil's world. This is his playground and his world. We're just living in it, right? No, no, no. What did Christ say before he ascended into heaven? All authority has been given to him. He mm -hmm. is the God of this world. He mm -hmm. is the king over this world. We are going to win because God has given us a task and he's on our side. How will God fail? So yeah, this and, is really important. And uh, even Bruce and I are doing that through um, this new series that we're putting out for um, showing these, creating these parallel systems. And yep. we're going to have on Friday a uh, pro wrestler. And actually, he isn't a pro wrestler, but he's a pro wrestler, um, not announcer, but producer almost um so 
showing that pro wrestling can be Christianized, can be changed, can be turned into this parallel Christian system. And, yeah, you know, there are a bunch of areas, all areas, that need to be Christianized. Some yes. have been sort of Christianized, but we need to work better at that. I, I think yeah. Andrew Torba is one of the biggest who has been the lead person in doing that and starting his yep. own platforms. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, and, and this is really a fundamental part of, of Christian nationalism. This is at the heart of what we're, what we're trying to get across here, what Andrew Torba is trying to get across here. Um, and it's also a huge part of the Covenantal County. Right. So we talk about the confessional county. Yeah. Sorry. I wrote covenantal county, but they're in some ways they're interchangeable, but yes, confessional county is the, is the official term that more accurately describes what we're working towards. Yeah. You're totally right. Um, Christian businesses should be the best in their markets because I mean, they they should be thriving because we work as unto the Lord and not for men it fundamentally changes our mindset. We aren't just working for money or to get ahead in life. And I touched on this a little bit last week, or even self-fulfillment. We're not working for those sorts of things, those very worldly things. We are working for God and not for men. So on uh, page 29, I I pulled a quote that, you know, kind of gets, you know, hits close to home. Uh, Andrew Torva said, the reason we started Gab almost six years ago is because we saw dissenters being silenced end quote. So he created gab because of us guys. I hope you, you know that like we're the, (laughs) not the dissenters in general, not the reformed dissenters, just all the dissenters of which you are hopefully dissenters. Um, But yeah, it's totally true. I mean, gab now is kind of a safe haven in a world of censorship where we know if we're preaching the truth, we're, we're reading from the word of God and we're sharing the absolute truth in the word of God, we're not going to get banned on Gab, which is the way that it should be. Um, page 30, Andrew Torba said, Gab has been banned from dozens of service providers, including app stores, payment processors, multiple banks, email services, and so much more. This is the cross we will gladly pick up and carry if it means that our children will grow up in a world where they can speak freely and worship God Almighty. We may be dissidents in our own country, but we are happy, liberated warriors for the kingdom of Jesus Christ, end quote. So I thought that was really good. Yeah. Um, All right. So I have a section on one of the problems of modern evangelifish and its solutions. And then after that section, Jake, I'd love to hear some of your thoughts on the chapter and what what you had. Um, But on page 42, Andrew Torba said, to the American evangelical, the pietistic vision of this world is not my home and all that matters is whether you have a personal relationship with Jesus is the only thing you have ever known. So, and end quote, that is one of the biggest issues today is that everything is spiritualized. Everything is no longer physical. It's no longer we're going to take dominion. We're going to actually uh, uh, work and preserve and redeem this society. Uh, We don't see churches preaching that today. What we see is you just need to have a personal relationship with Jesus. That's all that matters. And if you have that, you're good. Just just live in this this world um, and you're just waiting to die. 
basically, is your outlook on this. Um, you know, this world is not my home. So, hey, why would I do anything, right? It's a sinking ship. Why, you know, why paint it, right? Um, and it's caused so many issues. And I, I personally believe it's at the root of all that we're seeing today, that the cultural collapse, the demise of Western civil civilization. I believe personally very strongly that this is at the very heart of that. This evangelifish, squishy theology that says you don't have to really get to work out there. Just, just, just get to work on, on your soul and your personal life. Now, are we suggesting in any way that your personal sanctification is not important and absolutely vital to the transformation of society? Goodness, no. You cannot work to sustain and, and preserve culture if you don't first, if you're not sanctified, if you're not working on your own heart and your own relationship to God. Absolutely, that is vital. It all starts there. But it starts there. Again, that's the start. That's not the end. Just like how we've been talking for months, I mean, literally six or seven months about leaving churches that just constantly preach a basic limited gospel message. Okay, you're a sinner. Christ came to save sinners. You are now in Christ uh, and you're in him. And that's it. And they don't tell you how to live as a Christian. They don't tell you what the Bible says about justice, what the Bible says about education, what the Bible says about all areas of life. They don't talk about that. And now you get Christians who have no idea how to live as Christians, Christians who aren't really, they're Christian in name only. They're in Christ, but that's all they know. They don't know what the Bible says to do now. It's the same thing here. We don't, we've given up on preserving culture, so why preach on it? Um, page 41, Andrew Torba said, after the second great awakening, the established Protestant churches largely gave way to low church theology and ecclesiology that emphasized individualistic personal conversion to the exclusion of membership in Christ's kingdom. So, end quote. So it wasn't kingdom oriented. It's, it's switched now. We've, we've seen a slow, gradual phasing out of kingdom oriented pre, uh, preaching to now, whatever the heck this is, squishy evangelifish theology. <laughs> um, page 44, Andrew Torba, great quote. He said, we need to be willing to say, yes, I have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. He is King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And he has invited me into his kingdom, which is conquering all the kingdoms of this world, end quote. That quote, I was just like, yes, <laughs> that right there is fantastic. And we need pastors preaching that actively every Sunday from the pulpit. Last quote in this section, and then I'll pass it over to you, Jake, open up the floor a little bit. Uh, Andrew Torva said on pages 43 and 44, as our nation is surrounded by the mandatory celebration of sodomy for an entire month, Pride Month in June, the mainstream of child genital mutilation, transgenderism, and every perversion in between, Christians are desperate for leaders who will fight such things. For American Christians to fight back against these things, we have to be willing to say, not only is this world indeed our home, this world belongs to Jesus Christ, end quote. Mm. So I was just like, yes, <laughs> this was really good chapter. All right. Did you have any quotes that you wanted to bring up or any anything previously that I was just addressing that you wanted to to tack on to? I feel like I've been doing a lot of talking. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, I certainly agree that I think the biggest problem is the, the squishiness of our of the current Christians. And 
um, that we just make, we spiritualize everything. And I, I think Andrew Torbert, you know, hit this perfectly in saying that the cause of this was the second great awakening. The second mm. great awakening, the first great awakening was amazing in, in the sense that it brought a lot of people back to a good understanding. But the second great awakening killed it. Mm. Um, the second great awakening started the whole idea of, of big tent revivals and the whole, um, not backwards, but squishy. Yeah. I think squishy is the best, I, best way to describe <laughs> it, but squishy church services and mm. that it's very laxed, very just like, whatever you don't have good liturgy anymore. Mm. Well, a yeah. lot of churches don't. Yeah. Um, and so there again it, it very squishy church services and and it leads to very squishy preaching. Um yep. yep. that uh Jesus is just God of my heart and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Um yep. And really and and it also ties into the songs that we sing. We're mm. not singing the psalms. Ooh, we singing... you went there. Love it. Yeah. Well, yeah. But <laughs> Specifically, I bring this up in our church, the one that I've been a part of. There, there's been some songs that I'm just like the words I don't think are strong. Mm. It's not teaching good, strong theology. <laughs> very, very laxed theology in the songs, and we need stronger songs. Yeah. Um that yeah. that's a big part I think. But really all of Man, the Man, if only is... if only we had like a whole book in the Bible of inspired words written, would, you know, for like music musical yeah. use. Yeah, that yeah. would just mm. Wouldn't that be incredible if we had that? It would that? probably be com some, called something like, you know, Psalms Psalms or like something. I don't know. Just spitballing here, but it's yeah. it's a really neat concept. Yeah. 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 Would have been cool. Would have been it cool. It would be in the Bible and stuff. Yeah. 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 Weird. Mm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but yeah. I'm getting excited. I mean, my uh my church start we just ordered a whole shipment of Cantus Christi. I think that's what the name of the hymnal is, but it's the um uh Doug Wilson and and the gang in Moscow, Idaho put together a hymn book full of traditional hymns and psalms. There's over 300 psalms set to music in this hymn book. It's massive hymn book. I have a copy of it, which is really cool over on my desk. Um, but uh, my pastor just ordered 30 of them, and they're coming in in, in January, and I can't wait. We're going to start. Um, we, we sing at least one or two psalms every Sunday currently, but uh, it's set to, like, modern music, um, modern chords and all that kind of stuff so it's a little bit trickier for someone if they don't know the melody um but if you know how to read sheet music then it's nice to have the hymnal in front of you and you can actually you know read through it and so that's i'm kind of looking if forward to that so i'll know some of the if, melodies <laughs> if it's anything like the psalm singing at the fight left feast convention or yeah fight left feast conference i think it'll be great oh yeah um, yeah they've they've so. got a few um yeah a lot of the ones that we sang at the conference are are in there which is which is pretty cool yeah so 
Yeah. 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 Cool. Well, great point, Jake. Yeah. Thanks for thanks for bringing that up. And now we just offended. Basically, basically restating it. You you brought <laughs> yeah. it up, and I was just restating it. <laughs> yeah. No, but you um, delved into it. That was that was really good. Um, okay. So I have two two quick sections. We have three minutes left. Um, two minutes left. So my <laughs> first segment is historic Christian nationalism. I have two quotes under this, and they're both really really good. Page. What's that? Yeah. Speed read. Speed read. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> so page 40, Andrew Torba said, America was a Christian nation. There is absolutely no getting around that. Even the much misunderstood establishment clause of the U.S. Constitution has to be seen in the light of America's explicitly Christian founding, end quote. And Jake, you've brought this up so many times yeah. uh, uh, before on the show, and we've had those discussions. And But yeah, yeah, we, we have to understand, just like you're not going to read the book of Revelation without understanding the culture in which it was written, it it's yeah. completely it's very confusing and convoluted, and you start picking up weird things like, oh, we're looking for Apache helicopters now, right? No. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you don't understand the culture of Israel. Right. The book of Revelation was written right. by, you know, for that culture. If you don't understand their culture, Revelation makes no sense. But when you do understand their culture, the book starts to make so much more sense. Same thing with the U.S. Constitution or historical documents of that same yeah. time period. You have to understand the worldview of those people, the worldview of the founding fathers, and things like this, the Establishment Clause. Yeah. They make a lot more sense in that light. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, and and even so, like, uh, it was either James James Madison or John Adams who said, and really, they were basically they're telling you exactly what the culture was and what mm, we what need. their worldview was, right? And it was the quote that in order for the Constitution won't work without a just and religious people. moral and religious people. Yeah, moral and religious. Thank you. Um. So they're basically spelling it out right there. That's the culture. Yeah. That's what you need. That's the culture yep. of that time. And you must understand it from that cultural understanding from that. Yes. From that point. Yes. Yeah. Great point. All right. Let's wrap it up. I'm going to bring it on home with two of my top favorite quotes from chapter two. And I've titled this under the heading. Don't lose heart. So, okay. So my first quote, I love this quote. It's, it's kind of hilarious, but it's so, it should be very true. The, uh, page 45, Andrew Torba said, if you believe Jesus Christ is King over all the nations of the world, including the United States of America, you are the thing that keeps Christ and en Christ's enemies up at night. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, and then page well, 45. Um, speaking of which, as speaking of the songs that were sung, you're gonna the talk about insomnia now. Oh, them, okay. What is that? I, I was like, you're gonna talk about insomnia now. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. But um, speaking of which, speaking of the the songs that we sang at the conference, one of them was, um, we have we basically we have the enemy on the run. You know, we yes, we have, yeah, um, yeah. Oh, we're one? gaining ground. Gaining yes. Ground. Yep, yep. Um, Glory, and, hallelujah. Uh, just, yep. Yeah. I just love yep. that that we're gaining ground. We're we're picking yep. this up. So. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that was that was a really, really cool one to sing. Um, okay, final wrap-up quote. Page 45, Andrew Torba said, Keep up the fight. The very fact that they are setting their sights on us means they know we are a threat. They know that the gospel of the kingdom of Jesus Christ is 
the threat, end quote. And so all these squishy jellyfish churches that are operating didn't get shut down during COVID should be a warning to you because they weren't, they probably weren't doing something right. <laughs> so all of these people that are, you know, just chilling, they're like, you know what? I'm living the good life right now. Everything's great. While society's crumbling around them, watch out <laughs> because it, it it's very possible that they are doing something very wrong and they're fitting in far too well, sitting in the seat of scoffers, as the psalmist would say. All right. Well, go ahead. Um, when I when I hear that quote, all I can think of is the passage in Scripture that says the the Bible is living and active, sharper than any two edged mm. sword. Um, yes. And really, like that's true. We we have a nuke. Let's use it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Discerning it discerns the the thoughts and intents of the heart. That's how powerful yeah. this weapon is that we have. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Great point. Yeah. Well. That is it for today's episode. We're two minutes over. Thank you all so, so much for joining us today. We really, really appreciate it. Don't forget, trdshow.net. Check out our show website. We are so, so close. I put the finishing touches on one of our biggest overhauls to the site yet. Finishing touches, I'm almost done with it. And I can't wait to push this out live. You're going to actually be able to consume all of our content from our website. Won't have to go anywhere else. And we're using Rumble as our video service. So we actually are able to embed Rumble Rumble videos into our site um, and you won't have to go anywhere else except for our website to view stuff. So, I mean, how cool would that be? Um, We'll have advanced filtering methods. We'll have all sorts of stuff so you can find exactly what piece of content you're looking for on exactly what uh, uh, topic it is you're looking for. So, trdshow.net is where you'll go to find that when it's out but right now we have all sorts of other cool stuff on the website so check that out send us an email trdshow at protonmail.com we are really looking forward to hearing from you and until next time everyone we'll see you on friday and remember everyone in all that you do do it as unto the lord <laughs>